and welcome. This is Can We Just Talk About Hellblade, our spoiler cast uh, for playing Hellblade. Ninja Theory's hot Ninja new Theory's game about making you just emotional as fuck. And, yep. and yup, combat. Yeah, that's what that's gonna be <laughs> for today. That's my takeaway. No, um, uh, to, with me today is uh, Sarah. Hi. And Cat. Hey. We all finished the game, and uh, just a fair warning: this is a full-on spoiler cast, no holds barred. We are gonna talk about everything and anything that we choose to. So you have been warned, and from here on out until the episode is done, uh, yeah, fuck you with spoilers. We're going all out. Getting getting spoilers with no loop. So we, we also you also get the special treat because I I finished Hellblade like a week ago. Uh, Cat finished Hellblade like moments ago. Five, five minutes like ago. Five minutes ago. There's so still we, dark makeup just trailing down my cheeks. Probably. We might be a little raw. That's all right. That's all right. We'll we'll post those up on Reddit somewhere. Just crying ladies playing Hellblade. Um, so let's jump right in. For those who don't know, but for some reason are listening, uh, Hellblade is a a game created by Ninja Theory. It is on the PS4, and I think it's on Xbox I think and it's on, on PC, PC too. Also. It should be. Um, I believe so. And uh, it is a third-person action-adventure psychological, psychological experience. experience game. It's about eight hours long. It's got Viking, myth- Viking mythology, female lead character who's very interesting, and a lot of uh, mental health uh, implications that come along with the story and the presentation of the game. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to talk about a lot of both the real-life things, the complications that come with you know making a game like that, uh, the combat, and the story What's as well. So, like? um, but but uh, first off. What did you guys think when you first started the game? Like, I, I mean, it was, for me, it was, it was, it was a basic, interesting combat and a, just a kind of cool story about gods and, and a lady who was having some trouble. Some troubles. Troubles, some just, mental, she had some voices, some vocal and, yeah, head troubles. Yeah, if you obviously have played through this entire game, the right way to do it, in my opinion, you have to play this with headphones on. See, we, we did it with heavy surround sound. That's the thing. I, I don't have that benefit. I never home. once played with headphones. I, I started it with surround sound mm-hmm. and played it, finished it with surround and sound. We heard a lot time. of voices. Yeah. Just fine. It just, maybe it's because my experience, because when I'm playing in my room, which is the only place I play video games, I this is the first video game I think I played full thing through with headphones on. Yeah. Like I I played through isolation on and off with headphones, that's fine. But like when you have these headphones on, you really even with the battles that you go through, you you can tell wh- I remember actually closing my eyes to figure out where the enemy was and opening them and finding out they're in the right spot where I thought they would be. Golly. It, so there is something visceral about that audio in that game. It's fin- the audio there's there's so m- I could go on and on about not just the voices but just the the music the, mu- the audio oh the God. everything everything we'll do it then so uh, well if we're still looking at first impressions like mm-hmm. do you want to talk anymore about your first the like, first impression I know because I unfortunately went through like a break period when I didn't play it for a while I did too um, so it's okay but mm-hmm. I remember when I did start first start playing it um, I was very skeptical about the headphone thing because I'm a paranoid weenie and i have trouble with the psychological thing because it generally freaks me out but um of course now they play through the whole thing that changed my mind entirely about these types of games and it all makes perfect and sense. it makes absolute wonderful crystal clear sense now but when i first started playing it was very intriguing i remember it being very intriguing i'm like she there's obviously something explaining why she has this skull looking thing tied to her her waist. fucking waist um, why there's these whispers coming to her uh, at first, you know, those, the, the voices in her head would, they would first start not making fun of her, but mocking her in a way. 
like, what are you doing? This isn't right. Like, you shouldn't be doing this. And as she progresses throughout her story and through her her um, journey, her journey, it they ended up helping her. And you notice, like, oh, behind you with the enemy, that helped me out so much. Well, we'll get into that a yeah, little bit because there are theories on Reddit, and I have some conflicting mm-hmm. theories and stuff like that on the voices themselves. It definitely took me a minute, though, which is honestly what I appreciate about those kinds of games. They seem pretty friggin' antagonistic I, right away. Yeah. <laughs> I like how it kind of draws you in, and it it makes you think, it makes you wonder, it makes you explore a little bit. Um, that's what my first impressions were on it. Mm-hmm. I, uh, the, the story of how I started that game was like, it came kind of out of nowhere because I'd heard, I'd seen little bits of Senua cause I didn't know it was for a game called Hellblade. I'd seen production stuff like over the past few years of just like, Oh, is that chick with the paint on her face or whatever? And then, um, and yeah, then I didn't hear much about the development and reading hearing, up really honestly. I, I I'd either. seen it, but not heard. And the more and more I heard about it after it had come out about how it's a game about, about, um, that tries its best to represent psychosis and mental health and stuff like that. I, I became more and more interested. And then the main selling point for me was that it's a short, not very combat heavy, but very narrative heavy type of story and then game. And I was like, Ooh, mm-hmm. that's like, that's like me, the game. So, and, and also it's only 30. It was only 30. Yeah. It was a half the was price. Good of price. A, was it 30 or 20? I thought it was it was, 30. It was okay. like half the price of a normal AAA game, and they're mm-hmm. touting it as the AAA indie game or whatever they want to call it. But um, my, I started it one of those nights that you wake up after too much drinking and you can't sleep. Mm-hmm. So I woke up. I was, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to do something. I bought Hellblade. I'm going to start it. And just was the most isolated, like dark, tired, just, just mentally like fatigued moment and just started it. So I... It had a lot of suspension of disbelief, the the state of mind that I was in when I was playing it. So I played through the first like couple hours. I I got through the whole um the whole getting up to the shore, going to the um to where you first fight one of the or where you first go into the one of the gods' areas. Uh, Valravin was the one I picked first, mm-hmm. and I got most of the way through that one before calling it quits for the for the early morning that I was playing, and then took a little break, like you said. Um, just, just, just waiting for a while because that would be a tough game to play all the way through at once. Honestly, even, I and mean, you could, but just it's emotionally draining. That's that's kind of the thing. Like as as much as I got a little bit frustrated by some of the puzzles early on. Like once I stepped away and took a look, that took a look back at it. Like it seemed obvious. Oh, I, I felt them. Love those puzzles. The puzzles are great. The God. environmental puzzles. Like when you first get to, or I did Val Robbins area first. Like I said, and when you first start figuring out how the environmental puzzles work in that area, I was blown away. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, look through this arch. Suddenly there's not an obstacle there. Like you're looking through something and it, it was just, I don't want to use the word trippy, but it was just, it, it blew me away. I was like, that's really clever. Really I felt cool. that the puzzles, while intriguing, weren't that original, honestly. Um, and they weren't varied enough for my taste. It was a lot of rinse and repeat the same idea. Yeah. And there were, they. I felt like they needed one more main mechanic in the puzzles that kind of was a consistent thing because they had the whole look at this rune and find this rune thing that was really neat but they needed i I felt like they needed some sort of other mechanic that was paired along with it that gave it a little more depth or something like you maybe moving some more things or something i just the puzzles felt one step too short to me how for how short the game was marketed as i kind of get it because there's the main three three levels to the puzzles there's the in Valravin and Suits area, 
you have your find the find the um, first of all find your way around the Valraven like uh, uh, what do you call them like environmental illusions and yeah. stuff like that suit you had like find the find the sacrifice points and 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 get your way around yeah. those but then beyond that you had the runes the the doors that are locked by runes finding the runes in various areas <laughs> and the um, the bridges and other various things that are kind of visually a little bit shattered and fucked up and yeah, having to later. look at them uh. from a certain angle. I feel like all that came together pretty good to make a not too frustrating but not too simple I mean, type of deal. I mean, there are games like Portal that are eight-hour games with amazingly yeah. complex yet simultaneously simple puzzles. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I have the answer. I'm just saying that those puzzles felt like they lapsed, they lacked a little bit of the depth that I wish they would have had, but at the same time, they lacked a bit of, and this is weird contrast, the simplicity mm-hmm. of like portal puzzles where yeah. you're like, oh, I get it in such a clear way. Sometimes with, with these puzzles in Hellblade, you were like, why did that? Okay, it worked, whatever. Like that never happens in good puzzle games. You that know never, why it uh, To be fair, that never happened with me. Like every time I figured out a puzzle, it made sense. Like once I figured it out, I'm like, oh, obviously. A few of the f- of the gates seem, uh, like the like the illusion gates seemed a little random to me. You mean like but the, the runes or the Valraven gates? The gates, not the runes, they're gates. Like, like some of them would activate certain things some of the time, but then sometimes you would go through them and they would just stay that way. There were some of You're them. You're talking about like the, the Valraven um, arches, yes, the arches that you looked yeah. through? Okay, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, that's because you would like purposefully do it to like try to trick it. No, I, knew, I would do it to try to figure out what it, the issue was. Once you look through it, you go through. What the through, difference was. And that's, you're, you was, kept going back and forth and kind of. Yeah, I because like I was trying to, I was trying to play the like what's, some of these things are not like the others. Yeah. I'm just saying. Not but uh, that I, I think the puzzles could have had a little bit more to them or like some sort of one deeper mechanic mm-hmm. to kind of make them a little bit more uh, interactive. Yeah. But that's just my opinion. And I'll just, I, and, and just to give it a little bit of context and background, like the, I was very intrigued with the pitch on how they were trying to get the symptoms of a psychotic breakdown very, uh, Accurate. Very accurately. And I went in uh, a little bit skeptical and then almost immediately was understand. It, it, it's weird. It, there was nothing specific at first that made me understand it. I was just like, this is... there." Harkened back to a to a, to just like an issue that I'd had like last year. And I was like, this is all seeming very familiar. Yep. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know like, like exactly I know the what they've done. But... Clearly, all the research they've done on psychosis and on having a psychotic break is like really coming out here in the game. It, it grounded we'll in, in something of reality. Yes, and and we'll get into that later. There's a lot of things that are grounded in um, mental illness and reality, and a lot of things that kind of detract from it. But it was so spot on that I found myself taking like a week break between. Um, that I found myself taking a week of like almost a week long break between that little first portion that I'd played and actually finishing the game because I was like, this is making me feel a little bit too real about the, about the, um, the uneasiness and the anxiety that it's supposed to be portraying. But yeah, that was my first impression. Your first impression of the, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you had moved on. Fair enough. (laughs) I was well, okay. So we, we talked a little bit about the first impressions, but what, I had issues with, like I said, with the puzzles yeah. and some of that. But what about, let's take a minute, because I know this is really a thing you both kind of want to gloss over, but whatever. The gameplay. Or, I'm sorry. The I combat. Wanna, I don't want to gloss the combat, over it at all. The combat is yeah. specifically what I want to talk about for a minute. 
What uh, did you think of the combat? The combat was, it. even though I didn't play much of these games, it really reminded me of Dark Souls and mm-hmm. um, Bloodborne a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. With, with the dodging, with the blocking, Just with mo- the Just more close quarters, obviously. Yes, much, yeah. Yeah. And with those games I generally have more trouble with. But what I also liked about it is that when when you go into this combat, no, it doesn't it doesn't jump scare you. It's very isolated, and you know it's happening, and you you feel it happening. Yeah, you get like a like a warning, and then you know the guy makes an appearance. Your sword is drawn. You're ready to go, but you also have to figure out like because we obviously can press the start menu and look at it. But what I it doesn't give you tutorial mode. There is there's no HUD in the game. You guys, there's there's no HUD, and there is no combat tutorial. I like, love that. Well, it's I personally I love had that. a problem with it right away because like as Glenn can attest, um, I, I like had a lot of trouble. I had a lot of trouble with the combat at first because yeah, I just the the it set an atmosphere and a tone of anxiety and panic so well that I just I wasn't taking the time during each fight to like really learn how it worked. I was kind of just panicking and, and hitting things and hoping it worked. Um a little bit of Glenn and I did a little bit of switching off with the first few bouts of combat mm-hmm. and like yep. learning that you could actually like I, I didn't know you could dodge at first learning you could dodge learning you could block and how that's like a major part of the combat um, really helped and I and I thought I got pretty pretty comfortable with it after a while and after a few tries you did fine I had a did I did have a question for you Glenn about like first impression wise because when you started the game if you recall like I I was hardcore laying on. I don't think you're going to like it. Like, I don't think you're going to like it. Like, combat notwithstanding, like, just how slow kind of the traversal in it is and how much they try to build the atmosphere with, like, subtlety and and kind of laying the story I would not have finished this game had you not wanted me to or we not wanted to to spoiler cast it. It was an interesting and cool game, but the, the story itself didn't hook me Enough. Wasn't compelling to you. It it was compelling and it was interesting. It wasn't enough to drive me forward to spend time over PUBG or something yeah. that's causing me a lot of guaranteed fun most of the time. Because it was it was A, something that I wasn't as familiar with. B, the mechanics of the fighting got old after about three fights, and I had kind of but not like I don't want to say mastered them. Far between. Yes, but they didn't change except for using focus, which is just slow time, which is in every fucking game as it is. So besides that, I was dodging, blocking, and hitting. So mechanically, I was kind of bored. Mm-hmm. Story-wise, sure, I was kind of interested, but I have lots of stories I can just listen to or watch yeah. or whatever if it's I want just, to not play a game. It's just funny because it's like the opposite of the way because I look at like gameplay-heavy games that are that don't have much of a narrative, and I think like... There's a ton of those that I could That's do. That's because you're a person who loves movies and I'm a person who loves games. I don't see, think there's anything wrong with that. No, I'm just saying. But no, I'm you're, just, you're and, I, and I'm just saying, like, I... I guess that's that's the answer I was expecting because I knew you were more of a technical like wanting to focus on gameplay type of person yep. and the draw for me for this game that sets it apart from everything else is how strong the narrative is like it's one of the most incredible storytelling experiences I've ever in a video game yeah in absolutely a video game. In I, a video I agree game. with you and and I was I was listening to another podcast today where they were talking about a very similar idea of that good storytelling in video games is a pretty new idea and has never really been done amazingly. Mm -hmm. Like it has never been. So like to say like, Oh, well that's the requirement or like this norm. It's really not. We're used to good games with okay stories, not 
okay games with good stories. I personally, I'm stoked for that becoming the norm, though. I don't. I'm not. A, I don't think it'll become the norm, and I don't hope it never does. But I'm excited for other people to enjoy that medium as part of our medium, or that type of thing as part of our medium. I don't. I don't ever want story to be more important than the game. That is. That is to me defeats the purpose of a story or of a game as opposed to just watching a movie or reading a book. All right. Well, I disagree, but that's fine. That's that's what some people feel. That's just but that's a school of thought. For, for example, games. this game for me the re- the real reason that I wouldn't go beyond the 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 first two bo- the gods ever had had I not had a reason to was because they those two gods proved to me that this game is really just a quick time event with a story. Because because the combat is not really deep. You, there's no customization. There's no choices to be had. Yeah, I prefer that. So let Sorry. me finish. Sorry. So so there's no customization. There's no changes to be made. There's no decisions to be made. You don't get to choose anything. There's no choices made by the player that impact the future of the game in any way, shape, or form. Besides failure or not failure to find sto- story related rune stones. Yeah. So besides that, you are literally following an exact path with no alternating options, with no alternating decisions to be made. Besides win or lose, dodge or hit. What not? That's yeah, it. Is, it is mainly a storytelling you are You are shafted down one place with, with that. And so, to me, a person who says, okay, well, those story, those, those quote-unquote, sto- the puzzle mechanics are simple enough that they're just a time sink to me of, of, a, of a, a rinse and repeat until you figure out which gate is which, as opposed to something like puzzle, uh, puzzles of, like, um, uh, portal, or what was the other one that we were pl- you were playing not too long ago? Like the Talos Principle, and whatnot, where you go in and you see a thing, you go, I know what this mechanic means. I need to go in and do this. This is for that direction and that. When you go, you see the gates, and you're like, I need to figure out, but it's just going through them and figuring out what what's changing and what's not. It's a rinse, repeat, trial and error until it's right. So to me, it comes down to you're playing a quick time event with stories. It's ju- It's not much better... It is better, I agree, but not much better than a Telltale game in regards to gameplay to me. Okay. There are, that That's really all is my takeaway. That's take a away. fair opinion. I still disagree, but it's a fair opinion. That's fine. Um, I, I, think, I think it's an amazing storytelling experience. I think they I use a lot of... I didn't say it wasn't that. I agree with that. I think they use a lot of um, inventive and cool ways for you to traverse the story, essentially. How like, so? I, I've never experienced a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the um, the environmental puzzles and stuff like that, like a lot of the uh, the stuff that happened with Valravin. I'm not going to say it's never been done before. Uh, yeah, but I was going to say, say perspe- I've never seen it. Perspective puzzles and and things like illusionary gates are not uncommon in yeah, games yeah. at all. I mean, I could. There are many games that have done it in the near past. Yeah, yeah. And I, I I didn't find them to be a revolutionary puzzle idea. They're executed very well. They're beautifully done. They're very interesting. They're both subtle and stark differences. Yeah. Like you're like. You're, you'll be like, what is the difference? And then suddenly it pops, and you're like, oh, it's so obvious, but at the same time, subtle. So uh, they did it well. I just think they needed one more mechanic above to bring it to a game as opposed to a predetermined thing. Because I'm down for, like, being railroaded in a story, whatever. I don't have an I issue with that. I think that's what they said out to do. I just feel like it was really just a glorified quick time event, almost all the puzzles and the gameplay. And I feel like if they had added a, even just a bit of depth to the combat mechanics a little bit more and to maybe the puzzles a little bit more, maybe put a little more time in those developments, bots, you would have had a much more evened out game with a great, amazing yeah. story. But I, I do I do agree with the, the, the opinion that most people have is that the combat itself was a bit tacked on. Yeah. 
I like that personally, just because it, it was the fun. game, the ga- the atmosphere in the game, like just was. It, it did enough to make me anxious. Like I didn't need to try to traverse all of these different environmental puzzle areas, being concerned about being ambushed the whole fucking time. Like I liked that you could clearly tell the difference between when you were going to be in combat and when you weren't. Well, well, okay. So let's talk for a second about why combat even exists in this game. Why? Um, I think because they felt like they had to. Yeah, honestly. But, but really, if if you take out the idea that they had to, should they have? Um, skipping ahead a little bit, I'm not going to talk about the, the plot elements of it yet, but at the end of the game, like, the very It makes end, sense at the end of the game. Uh, but the thing is, it wouldn't make sense if you hadn't spent a few points of the rest of the game learning how to do it. Building up the idea of fighting skill, and, and, yeah, building up and the, the whole getting your sword thing. It's I, an integral absolutely. part of Senua as a person that the, she's a warrior But really... Well. Uh, it, it is an integral part of her individual, but they really failed to highlight it as a part of her character that, building. I, I have an idea of why they did that. Why? Because she's not meant to be portrayed as a violent person. She's meant to be portrayed as a capable person. I, I don't disagree with you, but at the same time, if you're going to make the character, much like the GTA 4 issue of, hey, I'm a cool new guy, now I shoot 10 people. You're like, I'm a, I'm a young lady who's stumbling through the wilderness with your issues, and now I'm fighting three du- giant dudes who have armor and shields. And now I'm a lady. I'm like... Uh, no, she, she fights when she has to. No, I'm point. not saying she's an aggressor in any way, shape, or form. I'm saying that they the, the combat felt so starkly out of place early on in the game. Like yes. later... Early on, yes, it feels absolutely out of place. Like, like, like a few times when like you kind of like get ambushed by the gods, like Val Robin and get it. But they needed to... To, I, I felt like they didn't integrate the combat into the story when it wasn't fighting bosses. Those felt like those were like checkpoints to spend your time. Practice. They, they were. were all just practice. Absolutely. They're and, all and, fighting tutorials. And mechanically, they were good to lead you up to the boss fights because the boss fights were A, integral, good, and interesting. I agree. The combat worked well, though. And a little those, bit difficult. And a little bit difficult. Uh, the, the combat worked the best during the boss fights, as with yeah. many games. The problem is the they, random encounters did feel very tacked on. They, they just, but they were kind of necessary to get you into. Agreed, mechanically. Yeah. But but as you've said, this is such a story based experience. Yeah. I, as a person who was attempting to lose themselves into the story more than I usually do, thought, man, why am I fighting all these guys? I haven't been given a even a mild reason or justification or who they even really are besides yeah. servants of the gods that I'm fighting. And then and once I beat the gods, but that. then once you beat the gods, why are you still fighting them? Like, there are... I, that's it. I feel like there's there's a lot to dig into the narrative about why certain enemies are there and yeah. stuff like that. And, and there's, there's... This is a spoiler cast. Exactly. This is the time. Stuff we'll get to. If you have... Well. It's, well, there's a school of thought on Reddit that the people that you fight in the tacked on um, combat encounters are real, that they're, that they're real Vikings or they are real enemies because the voices agree that they're real because the whole time the voices are sitting there negging you about how you're going to fail or, or encouraging you or just, just all around not really caring about much, but self-preservation, but also keeping you somewhat deluded. They never disagree about your fights, about your encounters. They're always saying, there's someone behind you, watch out, send you and stuff like that. Like They seem to all agree that that is really happening. Which is why I think the, the combat in the beginning not only was a, a, t- like a, a different way of saying a tutorial to kind of show what 
the later battles are going to be like with her confronting this trauma that she's been going through, mm-hmm. that she has been brainwashed from beginning from her father telling her that she's she's this fucking curse to the village and has always been what caused the plague. So those battles in the beginning, like it makes you wonder, like, is this something psychological that she's going through with these voices that are happening or is it actually fucking real? Yeah. Are these voices real and these things that are fighting real or is it all in her head? Yeah. And then, of course, you later find out, like, this is all fucking real. All this is happening. Well, what? The let's let's hear it out first because kay. the. No, well, but she's, you said it like it's a fact. There, that is not a fact. The, there was never. I any, never said it was a. fact. Okay, sorry. No, said it. Okay. They're real to her. That's what's important. The. Want to hear what she said? Yeah, that's what I meant. Like in in her mind, what she's going through. This is all a real feeling that she's experiencing, and she has been lied to and told from beginning from um what that what's that dude's name Druth Druth um from beginning like you know this is the darkness like your curse and that, that was her father that said that Druth didn't tell her she was cursed did he uh he talked about her he curse talked about bit. her curse but he didn't he wasn't the one who accused her of being cursed I don't think he was the one to make the accusation that was her dad he definitely went with it at the end of the game he he yeah he was piling on with the village yeah mm-hmm. He wasn't a part of the village. No, no, he was not. No, I I actually don't. Here's a weird thing. I don't think Druth at the end of the game was real. I think Druth at the end of the game was her vision of Druth and how she saw the oppression that would be mounting on by when you have a as a as a person who uh, not me, but as a from what I've understood as a person who has mental issues. You'll frequently take close relationships that work well, and when you have a thing that is hindering them or something nearby, they will frequently be caught in the wake and you will involve them. And I felt like her her, her supposed uh, hallucinations towards the end of Druth screaming at her and yelling at her seemed so out of character from his calm, uh, clear explanations and logical things. Not really logical, but clear and, and laid out. Uh, patient explanations. It was so contrasty that it, it and it was simultaneously with the beast and the other things occurring at that moment. Truth was gone by the time the beast came around. The v- beast's that voice. That's her the father. V- but the beast's voice would be intru- in It wasn't. Yeah, that's her father. That occurred during some of Truth's. Or around the same time. When Druth retired after you beat the second god. But but at the end, Druth comes back and is like real yeah. cranky. That's the part I'm talking about. Okay. At the end where he's cranky. I think that the 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 whole is sort of, and again, jump of the gun, ending where, where she he, he is upset and she is upset is her um, reaching the breaking point, much like when a person is, is having those mental issues and is saying, I, I, things are getting worse, where they're saying even people who aren't necessarily against them are rallying against them and are screaming at them, and they well, yeah, feel like, like, like that. that portion, um, like the flashba- uh, flashback that she has um, at Dillian's with his father dying, yep. and Dillian accusing her, uh, like railing against her, accusing her of bringing the plague, and and right. I, I don't think all the, those are real. He didn't yeah. say that. Yeah, exactly. He didn't really say that at all. Like they they make that clear when she's kind of when when she's still making her way through one of the mazes. And Dillian is kind of speaking to her, and she says, oh, you you blamed me for the curse. He said, I never said that. Gameplay was a little bit tacked on. I think it got way more important and way more integrated later on. But I feel like the earlier on parts where it feels tacked on and feels really like a tutorial are important because you learn. Mechanically. Yeah. 
but but we're so resting our laurels on that this game is a story and an experience. And so if I'm to say, hey, I'm going to assess this as opposed to as a personal who appreciates mechanically games, if I'm going to take this as, hey, this isn't a standard game experience, this is a story game experience and you should consider it a little separately, then I'm going to consider that the story itself felt jarring because they didn't integrate it. Because, like, early on, when she fought, like, the first couple of guys, like, if when she killed, like, the last one, like, she stabbed her sword through and was, like, angry, and, like, it puffed away and disappeared, and you're like, and she's, like, confused as to who she's fighting. Like, I would have been so much burned. Because it would have been... depends on the real point of the guys she's fighting, whether they're real or not. But like, but the thing is, they, they, they really don't give you a, a mechanism of her acknowledging that the things she's fighting are either not fake real. or not real. That's that, that's the whole that's point, the, though. No, no, no. I'm not saying that, that she has that to line. say that they're... I'm not saying she has to say one way or the other, definitively, but she didn't acknowledge that they were even things between the encounters. No, and that's... And, and I see where you're... I see what you're talking about, about, this, about the seams, basically, between the combat and the non-combat situations, but the point isn't what's real or not real or, or drawing a line that we can see in the game because it doesn't matter what's real or not real in the end. We know, at least I think I have a good idea about what's real and what's okay, not real. Sorry, let me rephrase my, my opinion then. Here, when, when she, things story-related happen, Senua responds, right? Mm-hmm. She says things. She responds. Her she, voices her, tend to say she, things. Right, she that's true too. She rarely speaks. But she enacts. She afterwards responds, vocal, not vocally, but like her, she, she does something usually differently. Every time she fights somebody, she just strolls out of the fighting area and be like, all right, I'm done. And like with no visual understanding or like confusion or anything like she should go out of it going, what the fuck? Who, who am I? Anything, something to indicate that a fight occurred and that she is, is understand that that was a part of it. Again, it's like the GTA thing. It's the go in and shoot some people up and then it feels separate from the story. She's probably convincing herself this in her head. That's why she's probably not acknowledging that, it. That's fine, but we never got any indication of that at We're all. We're not like, supposed I get, to. Mm. We're not see, supposed to. See, I'm I think you're making though. excuses what? for the lack of poor storytelling. What should it be in like that, then? In regards to that. What should it... What, well, I, then I would have done... I would. You want to have it, a hard line between what she no, thinks is real or doesn't no, think No, I don't. I want to have a hint, not necessarily one way or the other, but that she's not clear. Even that. Because you could have one fight where, like I said, you could have her stab the last guy and he disappears. And the next one where she stabs the last guy in identical motion and the body stays there bleeding the entire time. And you just, you could, you could walk you around want, and just... You want to know No, no, no I'm saying you could do one and then the other. You could confuse the player by making it so clear that they're both possible. The... Sorry, the problem ahead. is, my only really problem is that the character doesn't acknowledge in any outward way that the fights beyond the bosses ever occurred Mm -hmm. there's no injuries there's no mental comments there's nothing that indicates that fights occur at all also during the game if you lose to any of your boss encounter any of your any of your fighting encounters you don't die you come back with the quote-unquote rot creeping up farther up your arm and then get to do it all over again. Correct. It's, it's still at the end of the game, at, or at the end of the game, at the end of the day, it's a game. But yes, but every other encounter type, event that occurs, puzzle and everything is justified. Yeah, there, uh, are, we, there are story fights there are and story, there are non-story fights. Yes, but there are justifications for almost every other mechanic in the game. 
the entire game. Mm-hmm. You have the, the besides the focus thing, which they never talk about at all. But other That's than true. that, there is no story justification for why you're fighting all these guys in between these bosses. The bosses make sense. The sword stuff makes sense. All that stuff, the puzzle stuff makes perfect sense. Like in the way that they explain the story, the puzzles make perfect sense. That's all great. Why couldn't they have given any kind of mild, even sort of story explanation for the fights? That were in between. That's fair. I feel like the reason why they did that it is a little bit um, is giving a little bit more credit to the thought that they might be real fights because the real fights aren't the point. No, and I um, and we'll get to the the point. But like the point is not who she's fighting or what she's she's doing along the way. But that's that's neither here nor there. We're, I I have no real way to prove one way or the other if the people she's fighting are real yeah. or if it's just another part of her of her episode that she's having. Um but the 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 line between what's real and what's not is also not the point. The point is like you are playing as Senua and everything that Senua perceives as real is meant to be perceived as real by the player. Everything else just felt like it, it, it worked with the story, all the puzzles and everything. And the, just those, those in between fights just felt so stark. They compared. are tacked on. Yeah. I will, I will, uh, long story short, agree with you that the early on, uh, encounters are very tacked on. You, I'd say all the trash encounters on our bosses feel tacked on personally. Yeah, yeah fair. That's fair. Besides the ones where you're trying to get at Hela in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that have like, oh, she has defenders for a reason. She's a god of theory. In theory, you would have things. Well, the point Maybe. isn't that Hela has defenders. The point is there are demons. There in between. are <laughs> demons from Senua's past that she's fought before getting in the way. Yeah. Of her fighting Hela. Yeah, and she uh, confronts them. Which yeah. is which is good. Uh, do you want to talk about the story? Yeah, like what. At least what our understanding of the actual events are, because like as much as when you're playing the actual game, like it's it's a story. You are playing a story of the episode that Senua is having having. Um, I'll get shitty for a second and say, I don't think any of it was real. Like none of it was real. It was all just Agreed. A, an episode that she is having. Um, but because uh, there there are some people who believe I, I've, I've looked on on Twitter on reddit on everywhere there is a consensus with some people who understand this issue that she's having mm-hmm. that believe the whole she never even left the village like she never even left the village yep. that she that she returned to where everyone was massacred and everyone was was killed um she just kind of had her episode there and or oh or see I maybe, think she had it in the woods or maybe even went to maybe even took a boat to where the North Northmen are supposed mm-hmm. to be but the fact that she was isolated the whole the whole time the fact that there was nobody else around um, I think is is a better makes a better case for the fact that she's still just in her abandoned village just trying to come to terms with what yes yeah I, I think she physically left her village and drove and boated away yeah. From the the various, from what I've put together with the flashbacks that have occurred, and and just just things that I know about the historical references they made and stuff, my understanding of the actual story events were her just just having a hereditary mental disorder, like as a child, like since since she was born. They make that clear when they talk about how her mom had the same problems. And stuff. They make it clear that the issue that she has isn't strictly brought on by trauma. It's it's a it's a hereditary thing that she just has, and um, so so there's that. There's what happened to her mother. There is the way that her dad isolated and abused her, trying to keep her away from the rest of the from the rest of the tribe because he was a druid and thought that that's what you do. Mm. And that's 
uh, Ninja Theory prided themselves on crediting their uh, their consultation of mental health professionals at I think Cambridge or something like that, but also the historical accuracy of what they were doing, which I feel multiple ways about. Um, so so her father being a, a the the Picts or the the Celtic or Celtic, I'm not sure which which era we were in at that point, but her dad being a Druid type believed that that she was cursed, that her mom was cursed, that they were cursed and they had a darkness because mental illness wasn't a thing back then. No, they didn't fully understand it or know that it was a thing. So the answer is just to, to subject them to the, to horrific tortures, keep them isolated, that type of thing, which in turn would, would, would fuck them up worse worse in theory. But, um, so, so Senua eventually meets Dillian, uh, realizes that there are people out there that won't completely shun her for being different, for being uh, somewhat uh, mental, not mentally debilitated, just mentally different. Mm -hmm. And as you see in her fun, happy flashback with him, like his first words to her aren't that she's weird. It's that she's talented. She should try out for the warrior trials and that he doesn't believe in curses. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think this is the first thing that really the first life experience that gives her the strength to stand up to her father, to try to, to try to, make her life something different. And that's than what's just given her this drive this entire game. Given her the strength to, to keep going. Push through and face these fears that she had of this darkness of these of these things that are after her that she was fighting that she didn't know about. And it was that's what really, really dragged me into this game is confronting all those things that she was going through. And she knew this was something that that not that she had to battle, but she knew this is something that wasn't a curse. This wasn't something that was brought upon her on purpose as a, yeah. as like a, as like a scapegoat for all these, these things that were happening. It's like just, it was her first inkling that it was just a part of who she was. Yeah. That it wasn't something bad. Mm-hmm. And it was Dillian's acknowledgement of that. That was kind of the first taste of that, that she ever had taste mm-hmm. of acceptance mm-hmm. of who she was. And, and I totally get that because it's not, not the case with everyone. Plenty of people who, um, who, who aren't exactly neurotypical have like this uh, support system of friends and family, but not everybody does. A lot of people, uh, a really, really um, spot on thing that really resonated me with, uh, res- uh, resonated with me with what Senua and her voices were saying was that she felt the need to isolate herself from Dillian or isolate herself from everyone, but especially Dillian because he was good and she was afraid of, of infecting him or, or having the darkness catch on or catch on to him. Yeah. Cause she was scared and didn't know. And that is a common thing is, is, is people with these issues trying to isolate themselves from people that they love because they feel like they're not deserving of the help right. and they're not deserving of, of, of just anyone believing in them. And, and, and that's worth a lot. It's, and sometimes those kind of people are the only people you have. Like it's right. It's it's not that uncommon, and that's why it kind of really resonated with me because you, I don't know, sometimes don't have anybody else, and that was clearly what Dillian was to her. So she she leaves her father, getting back on track chronologically. Mm-hmm. She leaves her father, um, goes off with Dillian. I'm not sure what kind of uh, lapse in time happens here. Eventually, the plague comes to their village. Um, I guess the superstitious people continue to blame it on her. Uh, Dillian's father dies. Right. And then she leaves. She goes off to what, what she called the wilds. 
to try to defeat her own darkness, quote unquote, because like she said, she was trying to protect Dillian from from it spreading to him. Right, right, right. So during uh, so this was like an important part, I feel, in, in her overall story development was going off into the wilds alone possibly having someone attempt to like sexually assault her with what I don't know in if you the wilds I think that happened I don't know if you yeah. come on to that there was a part with in the Val fight Robin. with Val Robin where you first face him as a boss and I don't know if I was reading too far into it or if this is particularly obvious um, where when she wakes up before the boss fight it almost looks like somebody's trying to like, like assault to her, penetrate her. I, yeah, it made me feel and and, and when it very pa- uncomfortable when it panned out and it was clear it was Val Robin like pecking at her like a bird does. It kind of it kind of brushed that away for me. But the more you think about it, it's kind of like a symbolic type of it was type of it thing. It was unsettling. I mean, it was very there's unsettling. A lot of unsettling parts in that game. Don't get me wrong, but that part really was like oh god. They also don't really agonize over it. No. She 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 wakes up and she gets up. And Glenn, you probably remember what she said better than I do because you saw that boss fight twice. No, I don't remember because right you were the one kind of schooling me on it. Was the words because she did? She was very specifically upset at Val Robin. Yes, she she said she said you you attacked me in the woods. Something along the lines of specifically Val Robin assaulted or attacked her in the woods specifically. Yeah. So I, as opposed to any other uh, the other entities and beings she was either after for what for Dillian or whatever or were a, incidental it's a more experiences Vendelish, yeah, Vendelish, yes. but but Val Robin she was specifically attached to the idea of revenge yeah. as opposed to just getting through or succeeding past and she she like i don't know the whole the whole area and leading up to Val Robin like his whole little um little side area there was a lot of reflecting on her time in the wilds and her time trying to isolate herself and defeat her darkness. And it, it, it's entirely possible someone could have tried to assault her while she was in there and maybe either they got away or, or something like that. But it's also when she's in the wilds that she meets up with Druth. And I know you have some thoughts about Druth, yeah. but he, um, the way that he's portrayed in the story, he's a, he's a Celtic, what do you call He's not a warrior. He's definitely not a warrior, but he's like a mystic or something like that like a scholarly type Mm -hmm. and he's the one who meets up with her keeps her company and tells her all the stories about the vikings like about the northmen that's where she gets most of her knowledge and more of her preconceptions about them and how they are and he's also there throughout the rest of the game basically like narrating giving you background giving you stories but um but his his stories kind of color her perception and and color what she thinks about norse mythology I'm not sure how long she was out there and I'm not sure what point she parted ways with Druth, but she goes back to her, her village to find it, to find it raided by Vikings, to find everyone dead and to find Dillian blood eagle sacrifice. Sacri- yeah. And, and that, cause that's apparently a, not the blood eagle type of sacrifice itself, but, but uh, a Viking tradition of taking the strongest warrior in, in the enemy's group and sacrificing Sacri- him to Odin. Uh, and that's and it makes perfect sense why she would feel then hearing all these stories about North, Norse mythology coming back to her village to find everyone killed and to find Dillian in particular sacrificed to the Norse gods suddenly having it in her head that his soul is in Helheim and she needs to save him. Pretty reasonable. Uh, given the historical context, yeah, pretty pretty reasonable. Right. Um, and and I, I don't think Druth was a figment of her imagination, but it's it's whatever. It's open to interpretation. Um but yeah, and so that I'm I'm 
convinced, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm somewhat convinced that that is then where the game starts is her. It, it may have been a longer time because in her little pouch containing Dillian's head, it looks kind of more like a rotted skull than it does a full human head. It does. Yeah. So it could have been a little while, like mm-hmm. a, quite a little while until you catch up with her finally. But that's, that's my understanding of the actual events of the game. And then the game itself, in my opinion, is just a, just a really beautifully artistically like m- metaphorical rendering of a woman with mental illness coming to terms with uh, just dealing with her grief mm-hmm. of the loss of the one person that made her that separated her from yeah and in like the abyss basically breaking down those mental barriers that she has been going through and you know now that you now that we understand the reasoning th- that really was the start of the game for me. It's like, you saw that sacrifice, especially I had to do a little bit of research on it, mind you, because I wasn't very educated on the whole Vikings and Northmen thing and, um, and the gods that they worship and the sacrifice they did and for what reason. But now that I got that information down, it makes sense. That's why she had to go to Hela and basically, you know, just kind of like, did she, give the head back at the end or did she have to like it, it really she set. gave it up is the idea she yeah. she let go of Dillian's physical form the only thing she carried with him allowing her in theory to let go of his mental idea of in her mm-hmm. and to move past the grief of his loss right i think she because they she comes out and says it a lot over the course of the game because they drive they drive it real hard how um especially early game, how this is her mission. This is her quest. Her qu- her only reason for being out there, her only reason for life just not being a stark, meaningless wasteland is that she has to save Dillian. She has to find Dillian again right. and, and either save his soul or bring him back or whatever the hell she's hoping to do. And they started off, the voices are telling you, like in the first scene of the game, like he's dead. Like he's already dead. You can't save him, whatever, that kind of thing. And um, but But she still has this hope. Of, of somehow finding some way to reconnect with him and some way to bring him back. And it's and it makes it that all the more tragic when you learn the point in the end. Because it is once you finish it, it is very obvious what the point is, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The point isn't that she's supposed to be beating her mental illness or beating her psychosis or anything like that. Or Hella. Or Hella even that it, it, that that's not even really a thing. I mean it's a thing to her, but the overarching point is just uh, Dillian was not the only thing that could keep you going in life. Like uh, Dillian was very important and, and and an amazing driving force. And Dillian was an amazing driving force, but she was still hooked on to the concept of Dillian being her only connection to the light, like to herself and to light be or to her life not being a dark pit, essentially. I think it was good how it reinforced how Dillian was a positive influence and yeah. improved her life overall and yeah. made her have a better life in the future. But that once his contribution was over, her life wasn't over and that she should continue on. That was kind of what yeah. I... Yeah, Dillian essentially just kind of like opened the door for her. To continue on and just because he wasn't there doesn't mean she shouldn't continue. Yeah, exactly. And I just... part of what Part of what just destroyed me at the end of all that was... I was so invested mentally in in her quest and in like trying to do. It. I don't know what I was expecting at the end, to be honest, because from what I'd heard, vague murmurings about, about how the the ending was so satisfying and stuff like that. It is. It totally is in the end, but it wasn't for the reasons I thought it was going to yeah. be. Like it wasn't the, a happy ending. <laughs> it wasn't a happy ending, but it was so real. Mm-hmm. Like it was such a real type of ending to that type of issue. It just I couldn't blame them. 
I couldn't be mad. I was like, no, that is both beautiful and exactly what it needed to be because it wasn't her getting Dillian back. That wouldn't have been reasonable or real. It was her letting go of the idea of getting him back and letting mm-hmm. just, just, just accepting that he's gone and accepting that life goes on and you just have to keep moving forward. And Agreed. that's another thing that I just thought of, like going through this whole process of the game is like the stages of grief that she went through that, yeah. what that game yep. exactly represents, like the denial, the guilt, the anger. She went through so much anger, um, the, the obvious depression, um, like the turning, the reconstruction, and then her acceptance later at the end. And you, you pretty much see it. You you see it happen in in like ten seconds at the end of the the final boss fight when she has Dillian's head in her hands and she is bar- pleading with Hella right. for his soul. You pretty much see every stage of grief. She's she's at first in denial. She she laughs. She says, "You expect me to believe that you won't give him back?" Like she's almost mocking at that point. Right. And it just it just switches. It just shifts so quickly from that to to bargaining to her begging Hella, like, "You want my soul? Is that what you want? I'll I'll fight with you in Ragnarok." And then just and and you don't actually see her get to acceptance. You see her just despair at the end and say like. If you're not going to give him back, you're going to have to kill me because I have nothing left. Because what else am I going to do? And that is the senua. That is the senua that that the part of her that truly believes she has nothing left. She has no option to keep going without him. And that is where the symbolic senua that is is Hella, the part of her that she's been fighting this whole time, comes and kills that part of her. And and the Hella that picks up Dillian's head and and walks away and goes to just just drop his head and symbolically let him go is her, the part of Senua that's moved past her it. survival and willpower the, the 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 fact that she's found this new newfound um willpower to keep going and the fact that she turns around walks away and just says you know join me we have we have another story to tell mm-hmm. and that's that's just all her saying like you have to keep going like bad things mm-hmm. happen but you can still live mm-hmm. like you still keep going yep. and it's it's lot. tough it's a really hard idea when it's you're hot. when you're one of those type of people who need need that in your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, or just you know anybody, or just anybody, anybody. Do you guys? How do you guys feel about? Well, okay, so like you both have had a little trouble recently in in the mental health department. A little. What, how do you feel that this represents mental illness? I'm not saying specifically your mental illnesses, but just well, yeah, like, a I mental don't, illness. I don't have a chronic mental illness. Yeah, I don't you, have any kind of... I don't have, like, you don't have schizophrenia, schizophrenia or like, multiple disen- personality or like disorder that. or anything? Like, yeah. I don't have any kind of chronic issue with, with psychosis, but there was the there was the point last year when I did have the, that psychotic break. You had something somewhat similar. And it's... From what I've experienced and then and then comparing it to this game, like... It is like too dead on, like, like, like almost too much to the point where I didn't want to continue playing it for a little while. Just the, and they made it clear, like they did their research and they 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 consulted people who who both suffer from it and are experts in in various forms of mental illness. And I just from the little bit that I've experienced, like it's it's dead on. It's it is. Really it is dead on. And you know, being someone that has struggled with it for several years and denying the fact that's even there, pretending like it's not real, uh, pretending like you're not, you're just overreacting, convincing yourself that this is just some a phase that you're going through. And then you do hit a rock bottom phase, you know, kind of like you do in the game and you can give up. 
Or you have to pick up the pieces and persevere. Or you can push through it. And, you know, you've, it, when you've been at, to that point where you've, you've hit rock bottom and you're just moments away from giving up altogether and pushing through that is hands down the hardest thing you're ever going to go through. Cause in that game, the only, the thing that stood out to me the most is that the hardest battles that you, that you fire in your mind and that I remember just, I think I even paused the game after hearing that because like, to me, it's personally true because you're, you can be your own worst enemy sometimes. And it's just, it was almost relieving to see a game like that. Validate that, that, that that this is something like that you can actually go through that people actually go through. And you just, you feel the overwhelming amount of strength that she has to push and depression that she goes through and the battles that she goes through is literally killing her. It's tearing her apart. Like even physically you can see it on her body. And that's what mental illness does to you. The parts and the parts early on where the, um, the, the main narrator voice is talking about the, um, like the, the darkness infecting her and creeping up and, and eventually overtaking her. Like that is such a feeling like they nail that just, just dread and that feeling of this weird, uh, like amorphous, amorphous threat or not. I don't know if amorphous is the right word, but just this threat that you can't see, but you can feel like you don't even have a real validating, validating reason for it but you can just feel it there and you can feel it taking over you and you really have to fight to stop it from happening it 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 nails that concept and i just overall i think for 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 uh for ninja theory setting out to make an adult fantasy game storytelling experience and then deciding they'd like to make it about mental health i feel like they did an awesome job i feel like they nailed it i feel like they nailed they did, and it, honestly, if you think about that type of target they were going for, it kind of was a shot in the dark. They yeah, really, yeah like, there's can, no real genre demographic that you can aim for with that. Yeah. They put so much effort. Like, they, you could tell. They put so much research and so much effort into portraying these experiences accurately with the... Um, I, it starts with a P, but I can't pronounce the actual word for it. The concept of of someone who's having a psychotic break, who is isolated, just seeing seeing patterns and seeing things that aren't there, like in their environment. Having uh, they they straight out just come out and describe dissociation mm-hmm. being a um, one of the voices at one point in the Valravan area says like you're you're in a place that looks the same but just feels different, feels wrong. I'm like oh, that's dissociation. Um, the they did say they they designed the um, the rune puzzles to to kind of represent the the concept of seeing patterns that aren't there and needing to make sense of the world around you to to cope and move forward. Um, overall, I, I feel like it was an extremely accurate portrayal of a psychotic break, like the little break, the little bits of it that that I had experienced. I I've never heard actual voices the way they're portrayed in the game. I know that they consulted people who actually have to get the the feel of that as as accurate as they could but the ideas that the voices were communicating hit home so hard and were so real and so like just the the, the depra- doubts and everything the doubt the deprecation the the paranoia that kind of stuff was just was just extremely spot on the um 
I, I did hear a lot of complaints about how they they tried to they tried to represent mental illness, but they did it in the wrong context. And I the thing is, I can't fault them. What's for the it. right context? I agree. The 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 things I've been hearing is the right context is having to have Senua interact with normal people, having to have Senua deal with more mundane issues. That's an educational game, not that's, a game. That's um, not an entertainment I would, I game. I would agree. This or, is sorry. an entertainment product. I would disagree with the, the the educational aspect of it. But the thing is, I give them a break because, yes, they did use the, the focus or the emphasis on mental illness as kind of a, a selling point for it. But they did set out to make a entertaining game, and that's the thing is like I feel like the the historical and the more brutally historic and kind of fantastical elements, yes, they do invalidate a little bit the the uh, the mental illness aspect of it because I feel like it's dead on. Senua's experience is a is a dead on representation of mental illness for someone in in her point in history. Yeah, like. Who is who has a Absolutely. hardcore belief in both Celtic she's and Norse mythology? Girl. She's not a modern person. Like it's 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 pretty good. I also feel like the brutality of a lot of the traumas she experienced kind of cheapened it a little bit. Cheapened the the experience. It of, made it more palatable for a modern audience. To be frank, it made it more palatable for an audience that has no interest in Correct. the mental health aspect. And, and as not much modern, as, the, uh, the people yeah. who are not into the mental health mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, while I agree with you that they they could have represented that better, but by ma- or um, the choice to make it palatable for a gaming audience was very smart to make it a better hook. Yeah, because the- because it, I feel like this is not a game that is meant to represent. Hey, everybody with mental issues, come play this so you can yeah. feel like. Uh, uh, a sense of camaraderie, yeah. but as opposed to a hey, everybody who doesn't. Play this and understand better the have life kind of, an idea of, of the of a person with mental issues and how deep it can run and how doubtful and scary su- simple things just as the voices in your own head can be. Yeah. Because frankly, throughout that game, that's the scariest thing is the the shit that your voices say to you and how fucked up they are to you and well, like the, they're like, the oh, you're the worst. Things and, that you can believe about yourself. Exactly, and 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 all of those saying about yourself. So that those kind of become the bigger enemy to me, at least. Or oh, the exactly. Worst thing that can possibly happen. Like, I, I I totally get how it could cheapen it a little bit, like with the blood eagle happening and the brutality of the gameplay and her mother being but it's burned a game. alive. It is. It is. It is a game. But I think also at the same time they're. A, they're trying to kind of weigh out the the extreme thoughts you can have with mental illness compared to the amount of physical pain that you go through. They're trying to. I think they're trying to mirror that. In there some was sort also of way. a lot of artistic and metaphorical license they yeah. took with a lot of the representations, which I respect. Like mm-hmm. it's it, it does it takes if it's not an education as you like to put it, Glenn. It's not an educational game about learning how mental illness is. It is still like a Mm-mm. a game and a a. a a fantastical storytelling it type is. of thing. Yeah, and at the same time, um, what was I about to say? Not only the comparison, but like it also tells you like you're like someone had to come up with what the idea of a blood eagle was. Like someone came up well, with that, like, that's what's the worst the, possible pain I can put someone through? That that's old school though. I right. mean, that's not a new idea. I know. Well, the other thing, they, I'm not they saying prided, it is. They prided themselves on their historical research and stuff like that. The blood eagle sacrifice itself like there is no proof of it happening historically in real life. There is only mention of it in like legends. That that is a lot of things that were never proven historically that we believe or talk about. Well, yeah, we've got I, we've we got Iron that. Maidens and like well, those yeah, it, in all kinds of stories, but it never 
actually happened. That's right. that's the consensus on what but the there was. There was absolutely, absolutely sacrifices made yeah. by the Vikings and whatnot. It, it, brutal sacrifices. Yeah. So while while things like there were torture devices in in that time that like the Iron Maiden, the Iron Maiden was never used. Just like the the gold, the eagle. What is it called? Sorry, blood eagle. The blood eagle may not have been used in such a specific way in that exact manner, but there were absolutely people crucified and hung up and, and fucked yeah. in that exact tortured or in similar positions. Ways, yeah. yeah. Tortured in different ways if for the same result in idea in idea. I f- so I, I feel like the I feel like the the specific execution is less important than the idea yes. that at the time that was a thing that was actually happening to people and that people who were loving other people had that happen to the people that they loved. And that's what's important. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I I don't know. I feel like you wouldn't have had to have changed that much about the game to just make it a little bit more relevant because I feel like the brutality of of the the two main traumas that Senua experienced kind of takes away from the fact that we're meant to understand that all people deal with this kind of people deal with this kind of difficulty, this kind of mental difficulty all the time without that kind of brutal trauma, like normal people in normal everyday life. But you don't have to change that much. I feel like like they lead on pretty early on that Senua lost her mom to the darkness early on. Right. I thought that was her mom either disappearing, withdrawing into herself, maybe taking her own life at worst. Like that is kind of what they alluded to. And then they they escalate it so much to her father suddenly being this villain that burned her mother alive. And I'm like, that that's enough to give someone traumatic I, I f- psychosis in the first place. I feel like in the, bit- in the end, the idea was that the darkness came from so many places and it can come from anywhere. And it's really wherever you let it in mm-hmm. is where it affects you. But the, and then there was the other thing with Dillian. Like I would have almost rather Dillian just, died of natural causes while she was gone rather than being sacrificed. I agree with that. I feel like that was more to drive the shock value than to give value to Senua and her struggle. To give the story more punctuation. Yeah, I guess so. I just, it was enough for me, the concept of just someone who has that mental vulnerability losing their only anchor to happiness. Just, yeah. Like just, just, that's enough for me. For you, but that's not everybody. That's true. I just think, some people need a blood eagle. in In a TLDR form, the worse the pain, the worse the the battle they went through, the worse the trauma is going to be, which is why she's so fucked up. Yep. Yeah. I just I I feel like the brutal historical elements were there to just make the story more palatable to the general audience, like the people who had no interest in the the mental health aspect of it. I get um, that. Yeah, because you can't you can't be like here's just a game for people who are interested in mental illness. Like yeah, that's yeah, not gonna, gonna sell. Well, that's that's what sold it to me. To be fair, but it did um, to me. Well, actually, what sold it to just me because is, it sold to you doesn't mean it sold to everybody. For that Neil Drunkman tweeted about it, and I like him. Neil Drunkman. Oh. <laughs> Well, there's that. There's also that Neil Druckmann tweeted about it. <laughs> Why um, But, like, I get it. Like, Sen- Senua coping with more mundane, like, everyday struggles is, an in- is interesting to folks who've never experienced it's a, not psych- relatable. a psychotic break. It's not relatable to people who don't have those issues, I guess. But then I I was blown away, like, on Reddit by the amount of people commenting saying they'd never experienced something like this, and this game lent them a lot more sympathy I believe to it. the struggles of, of people that deal That's with it. And a lot, of, a lot of the criticisms that I saw were from people who, who, who say that they do suffer from mental illness or know people who do, who are criticizing the game for saying like, oh, they didn't do good enough. And I'm like, you can say that about anything. I feel like for what they were setting out to do, 
they did better than anyone ever has. I they agree with that. They clearly put in the work and the research, and I thought they did a pretty damn good job, if not perfect. I, I, like I said, it's I not I can't perfect. think of any other game that I've ever played that has made me think of of how this could this mental illness could actually occur. Yeah. I, I just I think it could have been improved by making her traumas a little bit more grounded. A little, not a lot. Just like Dillian natural causes. Maybe her mom's something a little bit less extreme. But that's that's whatever. as opposed to an entire like tonal shift of the entire game. And I think I think Druth's stories were were enough to make Senua's um to make Senua's like hallucinations of North Agreed. Norse mythology and the context of Norse mythology for her struggle like believable. It solidified the story around her so that the environment didn't feel like just an entire fairy tale. Yeah, like the Viking raid itself sealed the deal, but I felt like it was a tiny bit overkill. It was, but at the same time, there was a good build up to it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we're getting short on time. I think yeah, a little we're bit getting short there. On time. Uh, um, why don't we hit some final thoughts? I, I, music's incredible. The graphics were incredible. Sound was very one good. Of the, the sound most, design was one great. of the most gorgeous. Like forests, like like the beach, the everything about it. Like not just the graphics as far as the how realistic the environments were, but just. How beautiful the imagery for well, a lot of the things they were trying to do, like and the, the faces, the binaural audio, the oh the God. the the very very quality audio, the voices, the how well done the enemy voices, the uh, their when they were about to hit you so that you knew to block and things. Those were such good intelligent tells so that you could make this what would be much harder game otherwise without those tells very difficult to impossible for those difficult mechanics in between the mm -hmm. story mechanic uh, parts yeah and how like the you know like the intensity of the um what's the word i'm looking for i'm tired um <laughs> the not the action but the the fighting the combat, combat. the combat thank you yeah. so like the combat obviously got much more challenging throughout the game. It and got, the I don't even got more intense. I don't even necessarily feel like it got it got more challenging. I feel like it got more intense. Yeah, it added on little things like you had to get rid of the shield guys. You had to use focus to coalesce the gentlemen into into, the focus, into existence. You the focus them. legitimately made the combat beautiful. I don't love their explanation story wise of the focus. It was a mirror. From I feel Dillion, like that was pretty flimsy. Like, uh, I agree. I feel like the the story the story focus or the the story of round the focus was very flimsy. Like there's really no need for it. Like as far as telling a mental story or but, even just telling but, a story. But uh, but just but like pretty. again. I, I hate to I hate to bring this up again, but but I will. Just like the the integration of the multiple combats in between the bosses, the focus was a thing that with a few couple lines of dialogue, while you wouldn't have been able to say this is perfectly integrated, you would have been like, here's at least a comment on it. Because she receives the the iron mirror or whatever from it is Druth. from Druth. But they quote unquote from Drew. Yes, but but like a simple sentence of like her going like looking into it and like a mirror coming out of it, like times seems look weird or something. Just something saying so something at all. I think you're you're looking for a practical explanation. Not even a practical, an acknowledgement that the thing that she got affected her combat abilities. I I have a thought, and they they could have I guess explained this a little bit better. But I have a thought just based on what we were told about mm. the focus because it's it's right as she's about to go into a boss fight. Druth's voice comes to her and says, "Like, grab that mirror. Like, it it'll help you or whatever." It's I. Th it's obviously representative of something in her psyche. Like Agreed. everything. Like every aspect of this game. And I feel like it's 
it's maybe because because Druth is like her solace when you first start the game. Like his stories are what kind of help her cope and help Correct. her keep moving along. So I feel like it's Druth Druth symbolically giving her that that mirror that helps her focus is like the focus stops time, like you said, and helps no, slows her time. Uh, uh, slows time and helps her fight the the enemies more effectively. I feel like it's sort of like a a representation of her mind just being able to focus better on not. That's not spiraling into the difficulties. Exactly. Of That's what I was thinking of too. It also helped her develop more of a strategy when she's fighting too, when she... It's like her gaining more strength, more yeah. mental strength I agree with you. I agree with you. And the only thing I feel that they would have needed to have brought those ideas together is even like the first time she uses it, like a background of Druth in the background just saying, you j- remember your trade, slow down, relax, focus on what's around. Like just something that made it seem that the the mirror was in the world as opposed to a power-up. That's it. Yeah. I It felt like a power-up. And from then on, they never acknowledged it again. They never acknowledge. She didn't go. Oh, I'm suddenly able to slow down. Well, whenever, like, but just- whenever you're supposed to use it, the voices say "focus." Like you're supposed to- that uh, to me makes a stronger point of it actually being maybe real. The voices, I agree with you. Pull it in a little. They're like focus. Just- you need to focus. Correct. And, and she and- focuses, and then she does better. Yes. Like- it's just the the leap from from uh, from knowing that this is a thing that that gives you power to doing it there is no seemingly characteristic understanding and yeah. that throws me off and i don't like it that's yeah, all that's that's fair i mean they've had the focus in you know in uncharted when you slow down to that's the thing though again they don't explain down. it then but this this is a game about explanations in the way that you, the things that you, you in, I think it un- defies explanation a lot of it because you're meant to infer a lot of. But what, everything is supposed yeah. to just because the explanation isn't the right explanation doesn't mean you shouldn't have one. Like everything that is that she has a lot of explanations about what has occurred that are she false. Has no or explanations. Her, not explain not genuine explanations. But explanations, what, why Dillian was killed, why she's upset, what, what her future path is. These are all, they're all answers to these. They're not the right or correct or guided answers, but they're still answers that she follows and does. Yeah. With the situation of the entire game pulling the idea of understanding that this is a false thing, Everything within a created reality by an individual should have a justification within reality. Should have a, not, I'm sorry, not a justification, a a basis. Most of them have uh, ties. Like, oh, I'm upset about this person. I don't have a good explanation for this. It doesn't all have to make sense. But a lot of them do. They have ties that are based in reality. And to take a thing that is so integral to the combat and the rest of the game as the focus and say here it's just a mirror and there's not even going to be a flavor text or something of oh remember training with truth and calming and focusing or something like something that links the mirror to the power story wise would have been very nice mm-hmm. I, I I feel like there's enough of an explanation for it because I don't feel like there needs to be much mm-hmm. because I I made I inferred for myself like what the what the it's not that it needs it. an explanation. Yeah. The but but with your going along with your point, I I feel like how pretty it made the combat. I was I was so willing to to. It was amazingly it. done. No, I actually really. I it sure was the best slow mo in a game for a while. Even in the fucking sea of corpses, which I was, was convinced cool. was Helheim at the time. Just 
I was convinced it was the end just because of how Me epic too. it was. I was like, holy shit, the fucking music, mm-hmm. the fucking music, the the environment, the enemies, and then taking those times to focus and just how everything is like like everything you see is echoing around you and it's all just like bloomed till your eyes pop out was just so epic and had me so pumped and like like both pumped and emotional at the same time it was gorgeous Mm -hmm. and beautiful and you get you get a lot of that too in the final boss fight against against hella not really but hello but hello Hello. um (laughs) but but yeah and it's my my parting thought is i feel like if you could give a game a fucking oscar give this game a fucking oscar be and I get that I'm not being specific enough for what it deserves an Oscar for. Yeah, it wouldn't I, have been Game of the Year Oscar. I haven't thought it through that much. It would have been like best storytelling Oscar. Storytelling. Sure, best Agreed. storytelling, best storytelling I've experienced in a fucking game in yeah. a long ass time. I, I also, would agree just with you. Fucking Melina Jurgens's performance. Also, sound design is nuts. I would yes, give them sound, the sound design. Fucking sound Oscar. design, the atmosphere, just the sheer artistic, metaphorical quality of everything in that game the facial expressions the, the facial expressions the faces themselves when you're in that puzzle area trying to go back from your happy memory to the present just or to the darkness like just switching back and forth was just beautiful the way that they did it um melina jurgens who is a actually a video editor for ninja theory mm-hmm. um they they had her wanted her to be, be a stand-in until they found the actual model for for Senua. She they ended up loving her performance so much they kept her on. Um, she did, did she the, do voice. the voice too. She did the her. voice. She did the face mocap. They scanned her body. She did a fucking amazing job. And you can read a lot I, about. I agree. For a person who hasn't done that shit before, agreed. She did just, fantastic. Just the moments where she has an absolute fucking freak out, where she's having, where she's pleading, where she's screaming, she where she's doing vocally. everything. Amazing performance. Um, she uh, and and you can read a lot about the difficult difficulties she faced with just uh, do, uh, portraying Senua physically and emotionally was was more of the challenge there mm-hmm. and and just props there just huge props and I like I do overall like the way that they represented um her her psychotic break essentially like. Uh, her symptoms of whatever it is she has. A lot of people have thought schizophrenia. Some people think other things, but, um, but yeah, they portray her as nonviolent. Like you, you can actually, I saw an article by mental health America actually commending Ninja theory on how they, how they did, um, uh, Hellblade pretty well as far as portraying the things that they were trying to portray and how, um, they're portraying both symptoms, symptoms and the fact that Senua is nonviolent and is actually, upset by the violence around her it causes her even more grief than fighting does mm-hmm. so yeah you're about ready <sighs> i'm about there about there cat final thoughts no just that i liked it and i cried i enjoyed yeah. it yeah it's, it was it was very hard for me to form coherent reactions <laughs> immediately after finishing it it was just it was emotional just the tragedy of like uh, the whole concept of promising dillian she'd come back and then what eventually happens and then yeah just, then she finally just accepts it and you're like fuck the real life moral of like how this whole game is you trying to guide her to moving past this tragedy to a victory just, but there is no victory to be had there, there is, is no only victory. moving past it and it's that was the main thing i loved about it as far as the mental health thing is you don't beat the mental health issue in at the least end. if you're intelligent and understand the ending at all yeah some some folks disagree the acceptance but, part is what really 
There are a lot of people who think she beat it and went on to just be good. And you're like, no, that is not what happened. How did you misinterpret that ending? That's what a lot of people struggle with with mental health in general. Yes. And I don't I don't feel like they're invalidating the struggles that people with um, with mental illness Mm -mm. happen. I feel like they validate it a lot. I feel like they make it um, they make it clear how difficult it is to live with. And they really commend people for being able to live with it and being able to live like a like a like a functioning person. And they make it clear how hard that is and how it's worth a lot when you can do it. And Senua, the point of Hellblade is not to beat Senua's darkness or beat her mental illness. You beat it and the voices are still there. She still turns around and is ready to keep going and move on with and, and live with her live with her problems, essentially. Like the game is about her accepting Dillian's death. Yep. But yeah. Yeah. The music is good also. Could, we said that, but I need to say it again. That's it, fine. It merits it merits repeating. All right. Your thought, Glenn? It was a good game. The story was well told. The mechanics were poor and could be improved. The puzzles could have been better, but were still pretty interesting and compelling. I would have given it a seven point eight out of ten. Um, for me, year. for me personally, game not not year. for everybody else. For me, that's my personal score. Year. If I had to score it for everybody in the world, I'd give it like an eight point five. Yeah. But for me, I, I'm a little heavier on mechanics because I enjoy playing games as opposed to experiencing games. And I understand we're all different people, so I, I get it's a bit different. As so. much as the mechanics were tacked on, like, I got used they to They were them. still well done. They I were still, the, they weren't, I like the fighting they mechanics. They were poorly done. They were I don't, simple. Uh, yes. They uh, were uh, simple, and they were the exact opposite of the way I play Bloodborne, so I kept getting fucked up with it. No, I get it. I, again, I have no genuine real criticisms towards how they should have done it differently, I just have a few things I would have liked them to have included. That's it. So, all right. Well, thank you for can we for uh, joining us for can we just talk about Hellblade, our spoiler cast? It's our first of our kind. Uh, please let us know if you enjoyed this. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter uh, at Dual Screen Viz V I S. Uh, you can uh, reach me at S I R C A S T O R on uh, on Twitter as well. Sarah, where can we find you? At Cyru S C I R E W and Cat, where can we find you? Uh, Yeti Slayer on Twitter with a four as an A. So give us any feedback on Hellblade, questions, anything like that, and uh, hopefully we'll join you for the next. Uh, can we just talk about our spoiler cast? Thank you very much, and uh, have a great one. We have- Bye.